All right. Well, welcome to Strengthen for Life, the podcast for just changing your life, like strengthening your life. Three topics that we concentrate on are what? Body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. We are made up of body, soul, and spirit. Mm-hmm. At least we believe that. And um, yeah, we're not we're not singular beings. We're three-dimensional. That's right. And so 2020 was a great year. Now we're kicking into the new year, 2021. What's up? What's up? And this is the first episode of the year. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Hey, we're really excited about this year because we believe in 2021, God's going to do amazing things. The theme for our church is Stronger Together. Mm -hmm. And we hope to translate that um, onto this podcast as well. Should be easy, you know, with the whole words correlating. Exactly. Strengthen, stronger. Stronger together, strengthen for life, um, you know, strengthening people for life. We're all about that vibe. And we're newly energized. We got a new cappuccino machine, basically. Yes. So, big news. I walked into <laughs> the office today, a little later, because I had something to go to this morning, and noticed that my uh, coffee table was moved over to the side, which I guess is probably... I didn't think anything of it because uh, the media team has been using some of these cool plants. So I probably I figured they just probably had come in and used that table. And then I turned and wham, there is this dope Nespresso machine, a frother, and these cool clear cups. And thank you so much, Bree yeah. and Pastor Stephanie for this amazing gift. I have to say, man, I, I get to work with the most amazing people. Feel, I always I, we feel, feel the same way. I always feel so uh, loved, uh, spoiled, really. Um, I can't, I really can't like imagine working in a different environment. Seriously. Yeah. Like I, I really enjoy working with this team. And so, you know, Pastor Levi, I guess it was like a year ago, two years ago. I think it was like Boss's Day, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was boss's day. And I came in and like the whole office was decked out. I mean, like streamers, mm-hmm. balloons, all these signs. Like yeah, I had this song that y'all sang. It was awesome. It was we over the top. We wrote the office when they did the closeout <laughs> song with Michael Scott. Yes. The something thousand minutes. We changed yes. the lyrics to that. If you're an office fan, you'd appreciate it. And Pastor Tim cried. That uh, was our one goal going into it. I don't know yes. if you want the world to know that, but it's we okay. were so proud of ourselves. Yes. Like, if he doesn't cry, then we did it wrong. Well, the funny thing is, like, you know, stuff like that makes me emotional. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sensitive to stuff like that. And, you know, birthdays, big celebrations are, like, I love them. And it took me a while to realize that words of affirmation are a big part of, probably at the top of my love languages and at least to receive and gift giving. I love that too. So those combined together were just such a good deal. But pastor Levi that day, he came (laughs) in, it's like boss's day. He comes in with this little balloon in his pocket, like trying to show it off. And he's like, ha ha, look what my team did for me. And I was like, bro, walk into this office real quick. Cause what happened was, and I'm telling on the missions and groups team, but they saw all the vibes that were happening that morning in next gen, and then they went out and bought him a balloon. 
We love you. Growth track. Yeah, it was it was cute. Um, groups, y'all are awesome. Y'all are awesome, but ain't no team like this amazing team. And I can say that because we we family. And we got help from Janice. We yes. frequently get help from Janice. Yeah. But I say the energized portion at the beginning because I feel like we're very amped right yes. now. And like the the difference, people. The difference for all the listeners is we are very caffeinated now. Yes, we've yeah we've tr- tested this thing out with two shots of coffee so we ready to rock and roll we are all right so last time we talked about um fitness physical health physical health and uh, hopefully everybody that's out there listening you've made the plan right and you've gotten into the groove of getting healthy uh physically and there's a lot of ways you could do it you know you Mm -hmm. can go for walks you can sign up at the gym you can do whatever but we just really want to encourage you to make sure that you're strengthened physically. And we talked about that mm-hmm. being necessary so that you can do what God's called you to do. Yes. And we'll probably talk more about that. But I think because there's so much more we can dive into with your there's so much to who you are as a person, your physical right. body. There's right. so much to talk about. So we will go back into that. But mm-hmm. I think to start off this year to reopen our conversation of body, soul, spirit, being mm-hmm. strengthened for life. Why does it all matter? Well, you know, as luck would have it, you recently just gave a message on Mm. purpose. And as you're running through some points with our team, I felt like it was super, super necessary to cover that Mm. in this podcast, which Mm -hmm. I know you can go watch the full message. We'll post that somewhere. Right. But just even that conversation and maybe add some deeper insights to it for our listeners here of the just a reminder of how much their purpose matters right. and maybe even a perspective of what it means to have purpose. So as you're strengthening your body and mm. as you're growing in your spirit and as you're investing in your soul, mm. you have a, maybe a more rounded understanding of why. Right. You know what? I'm, I get fired up about this topic now. Well, I've always kind of, you know, gone through, um, I think all of us do at some point we go, why on earth am I here? Right. right or like what's yeah. my purpose in life or and usually we do that when we feel a lack of fulfillment mm-hmm. yeah what pushes us to really search out what our purpose is and why you know why god designed us like this and whatever really what we're looking after is like why do i feel like i'm not being fulfilled and why do i feel empty yeah and that's what leads us i think to that question and mm-hmm. so uh last year you know every year uh, I think it's just a probably a cultural norm for us here at High Ridge, just staff wide, and then just as a church body, um, we believe in words. You know, we believe oh, yeah. in in defining kind of what this next year, like searching out the scriptures and the Bible, and um, talking to the Lord to see, hey, you know, what's my word for this year? What's something that the Lord wants to speak to us uh, on an individual level? that we should concentrate on for this next year. Yeah. And then as oversights, we do that as well for those that we're leading, Mm -hmm. really just praying, hey, Lord, you know, what are you trying to do in their lives Uh, from a professional and from a spiritual perspective? So anyway, so um, I started doing that, I guess the end of November, beginning of December, and I felt like the Lord kind of just showed me, he gave me two words, basically, empathy and humility. And I was like, uh, maybe I should, maybe I should look for some more words. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, it, so here's the funny thing, and we'll we'll this all ties into the purpose thing, but for me, I 
I'm an empathetic person in the sense that I feel empathy mm-hmm. and I feel deeply. However, I don't express it that often. Right. So one of the things that I realized last year, yeah, I think it was last year, was that early last year was that it was very hard for people to translate how I was feeling or thinking. And um, now that's something that I need to work on. Now, those who know me well, my wife knows me pretty well. Um, she knows based on what I'm saying or whatever. And even then, even then, it could be sometimes pretty tough. But my wife would just say, it's very hard for me to figure out where you're at right now. And so then I know, okay, I can work on my facial expressions a little bit. But um, anyways, so having those two words has led me into this rabbit trail of purpose, right? Right. Like, okay, how does this tie into what God is wanting to do? like in the big picture. So I think that words or whatever God gives you to concentrate on are ways that God is perfecting us. And let me ask you one thing yes. real quick, because this podcast is about understanding God's word. That's part of our spirit. So hearing from God mm-hmm. is how our spirit grows, Good. right? Yeah. So how help our listeners understand, how did you know when you heard those words, that they were the words God had given you? Mm-hmm. So I always, this is what I do. I hear like, I hear a word or some kind of, principle of theme and then I'm like hmm, that kind of resonates with me but I still hold it with an open hand but then if consistently I hear it in a few different ways from different people then I go okay something's up so for instance I I felt like God was leading me into this you know empathy thing and humility and then um, I was talking to a friend of mine and we were just talking about, you know, this year and I had just graduated um, from seminary and like, you know, 2020 was a big year just on a personal note. I mean, we bought and sold a house. Uh, I graduated seminary. Like we did a lot of cool stuff in 2020. And, um, and so we were just kind of like celebrating what happened. And he was like, man, dude. And <laughs> uh, he's really funny. Like, he is a true brother because he, he, any conversation I have with him, I walk off feeling like I'm about to conquer the world. No, those friends are the best. Yeah. Like that's, that, that's got to come up in our soul conversation. Yes. Friends yeah, matter. You need, you need that type of friend. Yeah. That's going to like, like just make you feel like you can do anything and then subtly spit truth too you know what i mean <laughs> so so this is this is like and again part of um empathy is vulnerability and so i'll tell you what he said because it's kind of funny he's like dude man you've accomplished so much man i'm so proud of you bro like you did this this and this man and ben but this this is the thing bro if you take what you've learned and what you've done and add like some empathy to it Dude, you you be unstoppable, and I was like, I was like, yeah, wait, wait, what? <laughs> wait, do I know this friend? Oh, most deaf. <laughs> so that sounds like someone I know. I was like, you just stabbed me up, dog. Like, <laughs> what? And he was like, man, yeah, just a double dose of that empathy, man. And like, there's no telling, you know. And so, I I knew as soon as he said that, I was like, okay, for sure, that's what God's telling me. In fact, yeah. so much so that uh, I had that conversation with him. And then I told Janice almost like right, almost right after that conversation, I was like, man, I know what God's leading me into for this next year. Mm -hmm. And I always like to share 
that with Janice because she's closest to me. Right. And she, you know, she, she vibes too. Like she knows, yeah, man, I think that's, I think that's true. Or, okay, cool. Well, I'll, you know, we're going to be on this journey together kind of thing. Yeah. So that's how I would say, like, if you're wanting to hear from the Lord, I feel like if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Yeah. He will, like, quicken you or convict you about a certain word or a certain theme or a certain direction. And then I just look for confirmations. And so when I heard that, that was a confirmation to me because I had already seen that theme in a couple of different things. I move really quickly, though. Once, I, once it's affirmed, once I feel like it's affirmed, then I move really quickly into, like, the process of a God working that in my spirit, right? Mm-hmm. So the first thing I did, literally, while we were in Colorado, is I ordered um, Dare to Lead, and I got a book on prayer, and and I started just opening those conversations and talking and, like, saying it out loud so that now people around me will also hold me accountable to it. Right. That's a key, key factor for right. success for anyone. Right. Exactly. And any goal that you have. Exactly. Someone has to know about it. That's right. So I think that's the way I found that. It doesn't make sense. Yes. So to even just kind of put a bow on it, hearing God happens in multiple ways, mm-hmm. but hearing God and getting con- confirmations through friends who you know also hear God is a great place for validation. Well, absolutely. Key place. Yeah. Cause, and, and here's what you can do is so like my bro, right? I came back after I was like, okay, yeah, I think that's it. And I told him, Hey man, um, you said this, blah, blah, blah. And I think I know why you said it, because obviously you felt to say that to me. I was like, I think that's my word for you. And then he affirmed, yeah, I'm most deaf, bro, because <laughs> I think that blah, 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 blah. And he expounded on it. Absolutely. So I think, and that's a, that's a good friend, right? Because right. a good friend, he didn't make me feel like I wasn't empathetic. Like mm-hmm. he knows I'm empathetic because he's a close friend. Mm-hmm. And so when I brought that up, he's like, here's the deal, dude. I know you are like people that are close to you. They know that you are. However, like, and people that are, that are like, I'm not an unempathetic person. Okay. Uh, but there's another level, Mm -hmm. right. Of transparency and vulnerability Mm -hmm. and humility that God wants to take me to. Mm -hmm. And that's all part of like shaping me into the person that he wants me to be. Yeah. Right. So, um, going back to that friend or that person and being like, Hey dude, um, I feel like what you said was an affirmation. So talk to me about that. Yeah. And, and here's another thing. You may hear something and you feel like it's the Lord. And then you go talk to somebody that you're close to whatever name you'd be like, "Uh, I don't think so. Okay, great. Then you may not have heard from the Lord. Right. Yeah. Maybe talk to a couple more people and all of them are like, that sounds off to me. Mm hmm. Then you have to know 100% sure, mm-hmm. nah, this is still God, or you just ate too much pizza. Yeah, and, and for those listening, too, that are kind of skeptical about the whole why one word for a year, and mm. can God not do something longer than a year, and yeah. where do we see that in Scripture? Well, we do see in Scripture God giving promises and giving directions and giving words that only lasted a season, and sometimes mm. they were short, sometimes they were long. But I would say that if you're staying consistent with these words that we ask for each year, you're open to the fact that you could still be in the same word for that year. Yeah. Or that the word could end early and there's a new word to 
you know, jump on to the last one as a word, as a year progresses. Mm-hmm. Cause God knows we're all on a journey. He's on the journey with us. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of where that spiritual concept comes from. Yeah. And then with friends, and I guess if you have any feedback, please jump in. No. But with friends, I think it was a f- two years ago, somebody asked me who my best friend was and I couldn't think about just one best friend, but I was right. like, here's what I'll say. I have a group of women that I would say are soul friends to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know, the cheesy are you tied to them no well i was (laughs) gonna say not like a soul tie but in the (laughs) sense of like i give them access to my mind will and emotions what i'm processing through how i feel about it what Mm -hmm. my will is versus what i think god's will is and how to help how to help me pray but like that cheesy term soul sisters not Mm. not to capture that but in a way kind of of like friends that you've given access to and so having friends like that and hearing from god helps us Mm. take steps towards understanding something even greater, which is a, our purpose. Right. So after I got that word, you know, um, I'm, I'm always like, okay, how does this play into the bigger picture? And then I try to approach everything like that. Like, um, I think there are certain things that you isolate out, but how does that play into the bigger picture? So when I worked at Justin for a little while, um, you know, we would have these products that are coming out and, but you still have to protect the brand, the overall brand. So could Justin Boots come out with a sneaker? Yes. Would it be wise? Probably not. Why? Because if they came out with a sneaker, now they have some ladies, sneakers, whatever, but they're still pretty Western. But if they came out with like a something to compete against Nike or Adidas, that wouldn't be smart. Why? Because it would overall not fit into the the branding of what Justin is. Unnecessary detour. Exactly. And so when we look at our lives and we look at like purpose, for instance, we, whatever the Lord is speaking to you specifically, it is to fit into an overall trajectory of your life. Right. And so there's nothing that he's going to do in your life that doesn't play in a bigger picture sense. Right. Sometimes it may feel isolated, but it's not. Mm -hmm. So anything that happens in your life, you, you, you can, with 100% certainty, look at it and go, how does this play into the overall picture? So for me, I was like, okay, how does this play into my purpose? Now, we approach purpose oftentimes with this line. How do I find my purpose? Question mark. <laughs> yeah. Right? What do we, what's the natural thing that you do when you hear that? For me, before us unpacking it, for like the 20th time, I might add. I've worked with you for three years? Yes. We've talked about this over the last three years constantly. And I had a hard time separating that answer from my job. Mm. Because you want you want to feel like what you're doing every day from nine to five, whatever that is, mm-hmm. is somehow empowering this greater purpose. And in, mm. in a lot of ways, it is. Because the simple truth is the last thing God gave us, which is to go and make disciples. That's right. Every Christian's purpose, you know, broadest stroke you could pick. The paint. general purpose. Yeah. Yes. Whatever job you're doing, whatever skill you have, if you're not doing that on a greater scale, then you're probably not obediently walking in your purpose. Right. But when we started to break it down, that's when things got complicated. Mm-hmm. And I used to ask myself, well, maybe it has to do with something that I'm really passionate about. Maybe it has to do something I'm really talented with. Maybe it has to do with something that I really enjoy because surprisingly those don't all coincide all right, the time. Right. So it's been a journey. Yeah. 
Well, I think that, you know, so my natural reaction, I think most people's natural reaction when you talk about like finding your purpose is we generally go buy a book or we listen to a podcast or go watch a TED talk or something like we, we were like, okay, I need to find my purpose. So what do I do? I go and search, right? We, we end up, um, looking for our purpose. Yeah. That's usually what happens. And it, and it's a works-based mentality mm-hmm. to try to find out what your purpose is. So we try different things. What is my purpose? Where, you know, where can I find that? You know, purpose-driven life, living on purpose. And we buy these books, and not to say they're bad books, they're great books, but we're always on this search for, for purpose. And so what I did this time differently is I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the scripture and I'm going to hold this topic with an open hand and I'm going to lay on the line everything that I think I know about the topic of finding your purpose. And the first person I, well, there's two people that I paid attention to. One is Jesus. The second is Abraham. So when we look at these two characters in the Bible, individuals in the Bible, we would all agree that they lived in their purpose. Right. Right. Like yeah. we would say they, man, they exemplify what it means to live and move and work in what they were designed for in this world. Well, you- Abraham was obedient to God and lived in his purpose. And then you had obviously the nation of Israel and all that that happened. Right. And then, of course, Jesus being obedient to the will of the father, mm-hmm. dying on a cross, buried, resurrected. Uh, and then has um, resurrected and then poured out his spirit on us. So we look at these two individuals in the Bible and go, yeah, they walked in a purpose. So for me, what I started doing is, okay, let me look at, it's easy to look at Abraham and be like, the dude was a baller. Like he lived out the purpose of God. But if you back it up and look at Abraham's life from the very beginning, I believe that we find principles in the Bible And what I think is interesting, I thought about this uh, today. The Bible is written as an, just a storybook. It's not like we look for theology in the Bible, but really the Bible is just full of storybooks. I mean, stories. And then we unpack those stories. So when we look at Abraham, his introduction is in Genesis chapter 12. God finds him and says, hey, this is what I'm going to do with you. I'm going to make of you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless them that bless you. I'm going to curse them that curse you. And you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Like that's a big, that's a big promise, right? Yeah. But that promise was his purpose. Mm -hmm. So God starts off calling Abraham by telling him what his purpose is. Mm -hmm. Right. And then Abraham's like, all right, how's this going to happen? God says, well, you're going to have a son. Okay. Well, I'm kind of old, mm-hmm. right? He was 75 at the time. Well, did, what, was Abraham able to have children? Uh, yes. Yes, correct. The issue was Sarah, she's old. Right. So it? we look at Abraham. So here's the question, and I'm, I get excited about this. But that hit me when I realized that Abraham had everything he needed to accomplish the purpose of God from the very beginning. 
Before God ever said anything. Before God said anything. He just clarified what he had already given him with what it was going to be used for. He just gave him, he just told him what he was going to do. And remember when Adam and Eve were placed in the garden? Mm -hmm. And the Lord says, I've given you every fruit as meat in the garden. To do what? To be a fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. So God gives you purpose, but he also gives you all the gifts and talents that you need to accomplish it. So for everybody who is not currently walking in their purpose, you already have everything you need. Get to it. Just kidding. Well, here's, so here's the thing. God gives it. So you have everything you need to accomplish yeah. the purpose of God. Mm-hmm. And God has already, in time before, Determine what your purpose is before he created you. Which is amazing. Yeah. So if you think about like, you know, we quote it all the time, right? Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. I formed you in your mother's womb. He's already put purpose in your life. Mm-hmm. So, so now when I read that, I was like, wow, this kind of hits a little different. So Abraham had the ability to have kids. Mm-hmm. And he had the word of God for his purpose he had a glimpse of it mm-hmm. and immediately from that point what does god say hey i need you to leave where you're at and i need you to go where basically into the wilderness so when we talk about our purpose there's nothing to find you don't have to search for your purpose you don't even have to search for your talents you already have everything you need for your purpose so then the question is, why do people not live in their purpose? Well, because the next thing that God does is he sends you into the wilderness. What happens in the wilderness with Abraham? Testing. Testing. And what is he tested on? Trust. Yeah. God's timing. Yeah. So this is, this is what happens. Like nothing's happening. He doesn't see his purpose being accomplished. So, you know, in his mind, he's, so he goes, all right, well, let me, let me find my purpose. Let me go and search out how I can make this happen. Well, because you can't fault him, right? Right? Like he has all the tools he needs, but mm-hmm. the situation that he's currently in doesn't lend itself to the same outcome because Sarah's barren, apparently. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then how can the promise be fulfilled? So there's that tension probably in him of, right. well, God's given it to me, right. so now I bear this responsibility. And that's Boom. where people get... Exactly. People get caught in the in the fact that God's... Yes, I accept that God's given me this purpose. I accept that God's given me these gifts. Now I got to go make it happen. And God will put you in the wilderness to prove to you that you can't make it happen. So what does Abraham do? Well, Sarah's like, yo, it ain't happening with me, so you can have my young maiden. This dude's like 90. And uh, Abraham's like, um, okay, I mean, you're the one that suggested it, right? You know what's crazy? I actually listened to a, a commentary on this in my Bible reading plan today. And they said, Ooh. from a theological standpoint, the reason she was okay with that is because of how they valued property. Right. And any extension that was under his name, which would include his servants, meant yes. that that child could be his child. Absolutely. Well, so so here's the thing. Here's what happens. Before Ishmael is born, right, which is Hagar's son, Abraham knew that if he didn't have a child, his servant, he names him, I forgot his name, but he knew that his servant would receive all of it. 
So he at first thought, maybe it's my servant. Well, then he has this, you know, relationship with Hagar, and Ishmael's born, and Sarah's like, man, super jealous. Even though she was the one that suggested it, right? She's the one that suggested it. Abraham went ahead and did it. And then Sarah comes back and goes, man, look what you've done to me. <laughs> Abraham's like, well, you just, you don't want to suggest it. But here's what happens. If we try to accomplish the purpose of God yeah. in our own power, mm-hmm. it won't bring fulfillment. It'll actually bring frustration. Yeah. And a lot of us, we use our gifts and talents and yet we're frustrated. Why? Because we're trying to use our gifts and talents in our own power to produce a purpose that God hasn't called us to. So what purpose was she trying to produce that God hadn't called? Like trying to find a suitable son in place. She was trying to do it her way. Yes, Abraham was promised a son, but Abraham was dancing with the wrong partner. Right. So you think that her self-doubt and her view of her own inadequacy brought on more frustration and more jealousy, and that was the root of it? Do you think it was in her a root of control, or was it in Abraham relinquishing control to the wrong person, wrong voice? Yes, I think it was Abraham. Um, Because, and here's the thing, the Bible doesn't fault Sarah. The, The hiccup in faith is really on Abraham. And here's why. God specifically spoke to Abraham about what he was going to do. And he mm-hmm. says, I'm going to do it through Sarah. Abraham goes, well, maybe not. So this is what happens. When we misplace our gifts and talents, it doesn't bring forth the fruitfulness that God has designed for our life. Mm-hmm. And this is what Abraham does. He says to God, God, I, I still don't have an heir through Sarah. So why don't you just bless Ishmael instead? Because he's still my son. And God says, no. What was Abraham trying to do? Abraham was trying to get God to bless his efforts. Wow. And call it his purpose. His own problem solving. Exactly. How many times wow. have we done that? Right? We're like, sure. we, we start using our gifts and talents. And we're like, God, we need you. To, I need you to bless this and call it my purpose. And God's like, no. So what does God do? Anyway, so the, the story goes on. Abraham finally has Isaac. But before he has Isaac, Abraham says, maybe this is going way too deep, but Abraham says to God, how do I know, this is after Ishmael's already born, this is after he's already petitioned that Ishmael should be the one, this is after God says, no, I'm going to do it through Sarah. Abraham goes, all right, God, how do I know that this is going to actually happen? And this is what God does. He makes a covenant with himself, but he does it while Abraham is asleep. So he puts a deep sleep on Abram. He makes a covenant with himself. So God then becomes the buyer and seller. He becomes the one that writes the contract and fulfills the, the, the contract. He's the author and finisher of that covenant. So God makes a covenant with himself. When Abraham wakes up, he goes, all right, no longer shall your name be Abram, but it should be Abraham. And what I require of you is for you to be circumcised. At that moment is when everything changed. Why? Because essentially Abraham had to die to himself. And what we find or how we discover our purpose, and that's why I would say we need to get away from the terminology finding your purpose 
And when you get to the terminology, discovering your purpose, and to discover your purpose means to uncover it. It means to de-cover it, right? Right. And what happens with our purpose is our purpose is already in us. Mm-hmm. And our purpose, fulfilling our purpose, is going to be done through the gifts and talents that God has already given us. Mm-hmm. The only thing that stands between you and you living in your purpose is yourself. So my question for you to follow up on that is, when we are understanding our purpose, recognizing the gifts and talents, even hearing from God, mm-hmm. how do you decide or how do you know what that is for you? Like people might be listening to this and think, oh, that's great. God's already given it to me, but what has he given me? Mm-hmm. There's not a prevailing purpose in my gifts and talents that I can think of. Like like he was promised a son. Right. So what does that translate as we're trying to understand that for us? I think that, well... So it has to do with your gifts and talents. Your purpose always includes your gifts and talents. The Bible says that God gives gifts without repentance. So whatever gifts and talents that God's given you, he's given it to you for his purpose. Now, his purpose never includes, is never for you. His purpose is always for other people. That's good. So when you look at your gifts and talents, the questions you have to ask is, whatever you're good at, are you using it for yourself or are you using it for others? Because until you get to the point to where it's not about you, it's about others, you ain't getting it. So here's another, here's another thing. And this is, the, this is the part where I realized, oh, man, I think I've had this wrong the whole time. Oh, wow. God doesn't add to you. To accomplish the purpose. He only takes away. That's good. That's really good because that makes that brings up another question that I had for you about the wilderness. You said that he was sent to the wilderness. Yes. To be tested. Is the wilderness necessary? Yes. And why? Because that's where God strips you. The wilderness is where the wilderness literally means desolate. It means place of desolation. The wilderness is meant to remove what stands in the way between you and your purpose. Here's, and I'm telling you, without fail, you look at everyone that did anything significant in the Bible that we would say walked in their purpose, they had to go through a wilderness experience. Abraham, actually, let's, yeah, let's, Abraham was called into the wilderness. What happened in the wilderness? God had to get him out of the way remove from him every ounce of pride and arrogance and thinking that he could do it on his own. Then comes Isaac. Jacob. Jacob knew, and this is what God does. He tells you what your purpose is going to be. He gives you the gifts and talents. Then he leads you into the wilderness. He did it with Abraham. Jacob, same thing, right? Hmm. Hey, the older is going to serve the younger. Okay, awesome. How am I going to make this happen? Well, you have a gift. You use it for deception, Right. He had he had a very strategic mind like Jacob was incredibly strategic Mm -hmm. and he used his strategy. What to to steal the birthright and to steal the blessing. But then where does he live? Where does he live from there into the wilderness? Yeah, literally into the wilderness. Then he works for Laban. When he comes back, he's confronted with God. He's like, what am I supposed to do? And God's like, what's your name? I'm Jacob. I'm about to take that from you. And I'm also going to 
what? Take away your ability to run. Wow. I just got chills because I just, it just, I don't know, resonated on me in a heavier way that we literally wrestle with God through things. Yes. And how purposeful that story is that he actually wrestled with God. He wrestled with God and, and so significant that God touched the sinew of his thigh. Yeah. Right. And from then on that the, the Jews don't even eat from the sinew of the thigh because when Jacob left, he, he left hobbling away and he was no longer able to run away. Ooh. Because God cared more about him walking in his purpose exactly. than he did about his ability to run. Exactly. So God had to take that away from him. But same thing with Joseph, right? Joseph was given at the very beginning the ability, the gifts and the talents to interpret dreams. He interprets the dream that he received from the Lord to his brothers and his parents. Hey, this is what happened. There's these sheaves. They were bowing down. There's these stars. They're bowing down. Right, right. And then where does he get led from there? Um, yeah, he gets thrown into a pit, he gets left for dead, he gets enslaved, it's a whole journey of wilderness. He goes into the wilderness. Years. And, yeah, and then what happens? Well, he raises up, right, to a certain level, mm-hmm. and then what does God do? God takes away, he says, listen, I've given you talents, and I've told you what I'm going to do with you, however, you're interpreting the dreams for you. He was flexing on these dudes with his coat of many colors. He was bringing all that to himself, and God stripped that away from him by putting him in prison. It's deep. And it wasn't until Joseph interpreted dreams for people where it had no bearing on himself. Yeah, and he literally pleaded, like, hey, don't forget about me. And they forgot about him. Yeah. And it wasn't until God took that away from him that he could actually put him right back. And guess what? His purpose and his talents never changed. And if anything, you see the the crazy sovereignty of God, that the timing, although for him probably felt like the worst derailing yes. setback of his entire life, he probably mm-hmm. gave up in, entirely on that dream. Right. But God was setting him up for his own timing. Yeah. This is This is such a great conversation because... Basically, what you're saying is in order for people to be walking in the power that God already has placed in them to walk in, he just, it's not being fulfilled, is likely because either they are in the middle of wilderness and they're being refined, Mm -hmm. or they're unwilling to enter the wilderness. Because once you're in the wilderness, it's a matter of the journey through it, right? Right. Well, Trusting the timing, trusting the test. So this is what I think. I would say, yes, they're in the wilderness, but I'm saying you have no choice. I'm saying you don't even get to choose whether or not you go into the wilderness. You automatically are. From the moment that God gives you purpose and you recognize talents, scene two, wilderness. <laughs> it's what you do in the wilderness yeah. that determines how quickly you walk in your purpose. When the nation of Israel was delivered out of Egypt, they were delivered into the wilderness. Right? Yeah. But this is what God tells them. I'm going to give you houses you didn't build. Vineyards you didn't plant, wells you didn't dig, a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm taking you there. Yeah. Then they go into the wilderness. What does God do? He tests their ability to what? Trust him. Cloud during the day, fire by night, you know, manna from heaven, mm-hmm. quail. All they're doing is complaining. He takes them to the very edge of the promised land. They still don't believe. So what does God do in the wilderness with Israel? He pulls away every person. That's right. doubted. That's right. He has to strip Israel of unbelief. Yeah. And when he did that, then they were able to walk in. Did they have the ability to conquer Canaan 
at the time that he brought him there? Yes. However, they have the gifts and talents to do it. They had the purpose. But God had to strip them. He had to strip out of them them. Same thing that happened with Jesus. Jesus had insight into his purpose at the age of 12. Um, Mary, Joseph, you know, they're looking for Jesus. He'd been gone for three days. They find him where? Confounding all these smart guys. Yo, Jesus, what are you doing? I'm, man, I'm about my father's business. <laughs> they're like, uh, no. Right? So they take him back. And we don't hear anything about Jesus for 18 years. It's a long time out. That's a long time out, yo. Like, <laughs> I, I, I thought about it the other day. Like, if I had a 12-year-old and they've been missing for three days and I roll up on them, like, what are you doing? And they're like, man, I'm not my father's business. Yo, I would go ham on them. You know, what are you talking about? But the reality is, like, Mary knew, she knew his purpose. Yeah. She knew he had the gifts and talents. He was he was confusing those guys. I mean, not confusing them, but they were surprised at the wisdom that he had at the age of 12. Yeah. But it, he wasn't ready yet. So Jesus himself, at the age of 30, is baptized. Confirmation from heaven comes. Oh, this is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. So the affirmation of whose he is, who he is, and the gifts and talents are right then and there. They knew They knew something was different about him. But he gets led right into the wilderness. Yeah, for 40 days. Yes. And what happens in the wilderness, though? Is there a reason, though, quick question, that mm-hmm. there's 40 years Israelites are in the desert, the wilderness, and that Jesus is 40 days in the wilderness? Is there any connection there? Um, you could make a connection. I think it's the principle of going through the wilderness. Okay, just curious. Yes. Yeah. It dawned on me, and I was like, wow, I... I mean, the Bible is awesome, right? Yeah. When it keeps backing itself up yeah. and reiterating things and you see parallels and things and, you know, it's attempting to read into it. But sometimes it's just that way because yeah, God has a sense of humor. Yeah. I mean, there's probably is something deeper in there, you know. But I think what happens in the wilderness with Jesus is the same thing that happened with Israel because Jesus had to pour himself out. Yeah, he was tempted with his own power. Yeah, exactly right. So what happens? So it... It would be logical, and it wouldn't have been a sin for Jesus to have turned stones into bread. But why did he not do it? Because that's not the way for him to use his gifts and talents as the son of God. Because it only benefited him. That's right. The only time he turned things into food was if he got his people. Exactly. So, so what he did after he got out of the wilderness... He came out in the power of the Holy Spirit and he reads the scripture from Isaiah and he gives the categories for what he's called to do. And all of it included his power, his gifts and his talents, but it was only about others. So we could go a lot deeper into this, but I think the summary is you don't have to go find your purpose. Purpose is already in you. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't have to figure out, um, you don't have to have God add anything to you. You just have to have God take stuff away. Yeah. And when you get to the place where you say, Lord, strip me of myself so that I can be purely yours in my gifts and talents, that's when you walk in your purpose. But here's, here's, here's the key. When we say live in your purpose, we really mean live in your anointing. 
Because purpose is something that's already in your. What you need on your purpose, the way you actually walk out your purpose is when God, through his anointing, and anointing means cover or coat. And anointing is when God coats your gifts and talents with his grace so that he can mediate his favor through your gifts and talents to other people. This is such a amazing, well-rounded thought to help people understand right. why their body and their soul and their spirit matter. Because yes. for God to operate his favor through us in this physical vessel that we've been given to live on this, this earth, mm-hmm. how much harder is it that we make it for ourselves and harder for, for yeah. the Lord to use us when we don't steward right. our body and our soul and our spirit? Right. Like, can you imagine having gone through a wilderness experience, having gone through that refinement, having being, you know, having things stripped away from you mm-hmm. and then getting to the other side and let's like, let's use Joseph as an example, get to the other side and there's a lack of mental clarity because he hasn't been stewarding his mind. There's right. a lack of discipline because he hasn't been stewarding his body, mm-hmm. which affects other disciplines. Right. And it then discredits or then questions the credibility of him. Mm-hmm. As a vessel that God's using. And yes, God works through our humanity. Right. He absolutely does. That's his grace to cover. But what we get to do as taking part in this purpose that you just so eloquently unpacked for us is we get to set ourselves up with taking stewardship of our body. Right. For the greater impact. Right. He's going to use us. He's going to accomplish his will because, like you said, it's without repentance. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's not our anointing. It's not our mm-hmm. gifting. It's God's chosen portion he placed within us. Right, exactly. So, yeah, so, I mean, if you think about every person in the Bible, Samson had strength. Um, David was able to use a sling before he met Goliath. Every example in the Bible, the individuals who walked, quote-unquote, in their purpose, really when we when we say that what really what we we need to change our language because it's not walking in their purpose is walking in their anointing yeah it's good anointing is the grace of god on your gifts and talents to accomplish your purpose and you said it the other day and i thought that was great and i mean i wrote it down i even told somebody about this the other day that anointing is when purpose takes shape purpose cannot take shape without anointing and so really what we're after is the anointing of god and anointing sounds like a very churchy word, but it's basically you emptying yourself of yourself enough for God to fill you up and take over. It's good. And if you think about that, you can't, when we even talk about strengthening, you know, your life and being strengthened, we're not talking about doing that in your own power. We're saying, like Paul did, that when I am weak is actually when I figure out God's strength in me. But you have to pour yourself out. Your body has to be broken. You have to be willing to die to yourself. The wilderness is always a place where most of us in the flesh dread. Like we, we don't want to go there. Yeah. I don't want to be in isolation. I don't want to be in a desolate place. I don't want to go through the fasting. I don't want to go through God mm. stripping stuff away from me. But I promise you the burden of walking with a limp is a lot better than the burden of trying to do it on your own. Yeah, I promise you, when Jacob walked away from wrestling with God, he walked away with a smile on his face. Why? Because no, and here's what he did. Here's what Jacob did. When he, after he wrestled with, with the Lord, before he wrestled with the Lord, he was trying to be really strategic in meeting Esau. Now remember, he already stole the birthright 
and uh, the blessing. He went and worked for Laban for 21 years. He's leaving. He's trying to come back to Esau. He sends his servants with gifts in waves. Yeah. Literally, it's what the Bible says. He was, he was so strategic. Even how he got, and I don't have time to get into it, but even how Laban tried to cheat him out of the goats. Because Jacob said, hey, look, whatever ones are spotted and blemished, I'll take those. And Laban's like, oh, yeah, you can have them. And then what does he do? He takes all of those, and his servants drive them out for days. And when Jacob realized that, he, he orchestrates this whole strategy to mark goats so that when he leaves, he can have those. So, so he's incredibly strategic. So when he goes to meet Esau, he is sending these gifts in droves. And this is what he says. In case he smites one, the others can get away. Right? And he, Jacob, put himself at the back of all this. So if he don't get hit up with all these gifts, I'm out. That's basically what Jacob was saying. After he wrestled with the Lord, and the Lord basically dislocated his hip for good, what does he do? He moves to the front of the line. And he runs to meet Esau face to face. You mean hobbles? Hobbles, yeah. Walks with crutches. Scoots quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Basically what I'm saying is when you strip yourself of yourself and God takes those things away from you, you will much more, much more, you will gladly walk into daring situations knowing that you're not fighting it on your own, but it's the anointing of God on your life mm-hmm. that will lead you into things that you cannot do on your own. Yeah. You don't have the strategy to accomplish it on your own. Right. That's why a lot of people are like, well, I need to find my purpose. I think it's to, you know, be a preacher and you think it's to speak. And it's like, no, maybe you need to continue being a home builder. Maybe you need to continue working in the job that you're at, but you just need to figure out how to use your gifts and talents to strengthen other people. And that's how you're going to find fulfillment. You're after anointing. This is also why I think, you know, in a practical sense, like when we see like um, uh, pastors, you know, and I, I'm just picking on pastors, but uh, when we see pastors who are incredibly gifted at communicating, they can like, they just speak and people come from all over the place and they're so encouraging and stuff like that. And yet they're miserable pastoring. They can't stand it. And then they fall into sin or they get stressed out or they get burnt out or they, you know, something happens and they, they lose it. I always wonder, not about their gifts, because their gifts are undeniable. Like if you're a great speaker, you can like just say stuff in a way that's just so convincing. Like that's a gift. I don't wonder about their gifts, but I do wonder about their anointing. Because could it be that they were never called to pastor, but they were called to speak? And because they weren't anointed to pastor, it actually led to frustration instead of fulfillment. Because this is what happened with Ishmael. It, the problem wasn't Abraham being able to have kids. He could. But he wasn't anointed to have Ishmael. My silence is not because I don't have comments to add. It's because I'm just trying to take this all in. Just like I'm sure our listeners are, it's processing 
just how vast this idea is and yeah. how and how many times even I have gotten it wrong, but it's in my own humanity of mm-hmm. wrestling with control or wrestling mm-hmm. with problem solving, like all what's the word noble ventures, right? To help right. further whatever I, I know God has given me to do right. all noble things, but nobility and ambition rooted in your humanity mm-hmm. will always lead to frustration right. when it, especially when it's leading you away from submission to the spirit, right? Submission to the process. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm so thankful for good friends, good authority, good feedback, good oversights mm-hmm. to help us as we process through this. Cause I would imagine being someone who's walked through a wilderness, not saying that I am, but if you are someone who has probably one of the most painful things is to watch other people walk through it. Mm-hmm. Cause even in our own humanity, I can imagine that we would want to rescue or, you know, intervene or intercept or even allow less pain. Right. But God is so intentional that he even allows the, perfect amount of pain mm-hmm. in our life could be right. emotional could be physical could be mental yeah. but all for the sake like you were saying for us to reach that place where we can walk in a greater anointing a greater power right because it doesn't it doesn't become you anymore every person that was mildly used of god had to give their gifts back to god abraham had to give isaac back or be willing to give isaac back joseph had to be willing to give away his abilities to interpret dreams for other people. Christ gave his power to other people for the betterment of other people. David had to give away his ability for the sake of other people. Every example in the Bible where the anointing of God gets a hold of your gifts and talents is never about you. Mm-hmm. However, here's the amazing part. When the anointing of God is on you and you walk in that, you walk in your purpose, purpose takes shape in your life, you will be so much more fulfilled. Yeah knowing that you're not the one having to maneuver and control and worry about how you're using your gifts and talents and where is my purpose? Mm. You have discovered it. Anointing is what brings out your purpose. That's so good. And so, man, we could, you know, the practical, so here's the practical sense of that. When I, when I taught this, you know, I'm not an illustrations person. I try, but it's like, you know, I, I'll get something set up on the platform and then totally forgot that it's there and like totally <laughs> move past the point. Then afterwards go, oh, man, I had this illustration. <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen you do that once or twice. Yeah. So I, I don't usually don't do them, but I, I did do this um, because I felt like this is something that God showed me in this entire um, process of studying this topic. And. It's the idea of clay in the hands of a potter. Yes, that's where my mind was at too. Because what does the clay do? Nothing. Nothing. The only thing the clay is supposed to do is be pliable in the hands of the potter. Yeah. And here's the amazing part. Nothing is added to the clay. The clay is the vessel the vessel is the clay. The vessel is the perfect expression of what the clay is. So the clay is nothing but a lump until the master gets a hold of it and shapes it into the vessel it's supposed to be. When you think about that, 
you are what you are going to be in this perfect state. You are that now. But you are being sanctified and shaped into the vessel that God has for you. The only job you have to invite the anointing of God is to be pliable in the hands of God. It's powerful. If you think about that, like, man, if I want to do something amazing and incredible in God's kingdom, all I have to do is let him mold me to get out of the way. The only reason why people are still in the wilderness is because they are still trying to be in control. Israel was still trying to be in control. That's why God had to keep them in the wilderness. Sure. Because he couldn't use them because they kept saying to the potter, I don't want to be that way. Right. Yo, when we get to the point where like we go, man, I don't don't want to dictate what kind of vessel I'm going to be. I don't want to dictate what shape I want to be. I want, I don't want to dictate my future. I just want to be whatever God wants me to be. That's when you truly walk into your purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say too, to people listening to this, if you're like me, it's easy when you're in the wilderness to think, am I making it last longer? Am I making it worse? Am I Mm -hmm. whatever? And And you come back to that question of, well, have I continuously, invited the Lord into my life, invited the Spirit into my life, right. and been continuously submitting myself. Do I make mistakes? Yeah, but mm-hmm. God's bigger than mistakes. Right. So what I then do is I trust his timing. Right. Because let's say, let's say I am messing it up. Well, God is so good that he's going to work with me until mm-hmm. I get it right. right. And then I still trust his timing. Because right. what good is it for me to get out of the wilderness faster right. if I haven't been refined in all the ways that I need to be? Exactly. So again, it's trusting the timing, trusting the process, yeah. and being willing to learn the lessons, maybe more than once. Yeah, yeah. And so, in a very, very practical sense, man, we've gone like an hour. But in a very practical sense, you know, when people go, okay, well, "How do I do that?" Well, taking a good evaluation of what your gifts and talents are. Well, what are they? Well, here's an easy way to do to figure it out. You know, T.D. Jake said, "If you want to know what you're naturally gifted at." Pay attention to the things that people ask you for the most. Yeah, I love that quote. Yeah, it's great, right? Because it takes a lot of pressure off. Yeah. It means that there are certain things that you have a natural talent for, right? If people are coming to you and they're asking you questions about business, then you probably have a natural talent of um, wisdom and knowledge, right? If people are coming to you, they're dealing with like certain situations that they're trying to process through and they just need your counsel or wisdom. That's probably a natural talent that you have. Um, if you know how to build homes really well, well, that's a natural talent that you have. I don't think that God deviates you from your talents in order to put you in your purpose. I think he redirects your talents so that they produce your purpose. Yeah. So if that is, you know, when you take evaluation of your own life and you realize, okay, these are the things that I feel like are talents that God's given me or gifts that God's given me. Then the next question you ask is, how do I use this to strengthen someone else, to better someone else's life? I know, like I look at myself and I go, I think there are certain things that God's added to my life that are gifts uh, that I have used. Some I haven't used, I've used for selfish ambition. But when I put them in God's hands, then all of a sudden, it's fulfilling because 
I'm using my talent and I'm strengthening other people, which is usually, which usually means that I'm walking in my anointing. Mm-hmm. So if God's given me the ability to speak, I should speak not because I want to draw a crowd or I want to draw accolades or I want to do it for affirmation. I need to do it because God's given me a talent to speak. Now I speak to encourage other people. Mm-hmm. Right? I just become a vessel. So if you can sing, sing to help other people meet Jesus. If you can organize, organize so that you can help other people meet Jesus. Like, use your talent so that people can be free, so that people's eyes can be opened, so that people can find out that there's freedom, that, so that people can be released from their captivity. Use your gifts in that way, and that's how you walk in your purpose. It's amazing. So what are we going to talk about in our next episode to help round out this idea and keep moving forward? I mean, we could talk about what to expect in a wilderness. We could talk about the health perspective of a wilderness, Mm -hmm. right? Um, There's a lot. Yeah. Spiritual gifts. um, I think we start from the very beginning. I think we start from um, how do you identify your gifts? Again, because I think that that's where it starts. Yeah. Every person that used, that was mildly used of God, they knew what their gifts were at the beginning. Then their gifts were refined and, and directed and their purpose was what uncovered or discovered. Mm. So I think we talk about how do you, how do you first of all identify your gifts? I don't think you have to find your gifts. I think you just have to identify what they are. And there is a, there's a, I mean, I say there's easy. It's pretty, it's a lot more obvious than we think it is. Mm. And I think it's that way because a lot of times we, we think that our talents don't have anything to do with this lofty idea we have of our purpose. But it is literally intertwined. You can't have one without the other. At least, and then I've looked from Genesis to Revelation. I have not seen where God didn't use talents that he gave people in their purpose. Noah was a builder. He builds an ark. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> David was a shepherd. He leads the, the country into 40 years of peace. You, you know what I'm saying? Like there's uh, every person that you have, like Peter was bold at the very beginning. He was a fisherman. He becomes a fisher of men. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the, everyone that has talent, God uses that talent. He just redirects it. He it's anoints so it to do, you follow me and I'll make you a fisherman. Is he still a fisher? Yes. <laughs> that yeah. God changes the ability to fish? No. He well, redirected it. And I think community has a huge impact on what people are finding out about their purpose, what mm-hmm. they're being asked to do. If you're around people who don't know God, don't love God, actually, let's talk about that in our next episode. How do people... <laughs> Who don't know God or who are on the journey of finding God and maybe aren't in a circle of solid people, how do they unpack purpose? Because a lot of what we just talked about is affirmation through people because God speaks through people. It's affirmation of gifting that we're being asked to do, but what if you're not in that circle? Does God still call you? Here's what, oh man, this opens up a big one. I know. But I don't think you can walk in purpose without anointing and you can't have anointing without the Spirit of God. So... 
those who do not have the Spirit of God, who are not connected with the Lord, will live a very frustrated life. Good thing we have peppy music to talk about how frustrating the life could be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I do want you to be encouraged because this is one thing we usually get depressed about the wilderness, but you should be excited about it. Right. Because literally this is where the refining happens. It's yeah. not a place of sadness. It's a place of gladness because it's just the in-between to your purpose. Amen.